0: I'm Jacob. And I'm Jaden. And this is The, the state, state of things. things. Well, welcome back one and all to The State of Things podcast, where Jacob and I talk about the state of things here on the Iowa State University campus. Jacob, how are you going this week? I'm I'm doing pretty well.
1: It's uh, been a busy week for me. Had a lot of different meetings going on. Uh, got some uh, projects coming through in some of my classes, so just trying to stay on top of things. How are you doing, Jaden?
0: I'm I'm doing well. I've been a little stressed here and there. I've just, it's the culmination of realizing how many final papers I'm going to be having. This is my last semester here at Iowa State. And so, you know, I was really hoping for the last, you know, my senior semester to be easy, a nice breeze out, but I have five term papers that I am just so excited to write. And so it's just been Planning out how to write all of those without doing without doing them all during prep week because, Lord have mercy, that's how I've done it in semesters past. So don't want to do that this year, um, but. Going back to what you've been up to, you said you've been doing a lot of meetings. And I know Wednesday nights is um, the student government meeting, of course. Mm -hmm. Thursday nights is cabinet meeting. But you now have a new commitment on Tuesday nights. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so, uh, you know,
1: I've just been begging for more to do. Uh, You know, just real shortage of activities in my life. Um, And so uh, at the beginning of the semester, our uh, ex-officio decided to Um, stepped down from uh, his position um, to uh, have a kind of a senior semester. Um, And you know what? No disrespect on that. And I actually uh, fully believe that that was an amazing choice, and I wish that I could take it. But, um, you know, as we're kind of towards the end of our term here, uh, the ex-officio plays a very important role um, in our student government. They sit on the Ames City Council Uh, and go to all of those meetings. And so we are are in the process of trying to find an individual who might uh, take up that position for the rest of the term, ideally for the rest of the term and through next year, uh, because that role is very important, and we want to make sure that the person that we have there uh, can really stay for a long time and uh, kind of build that relationship with the city. But in the meantime... Um, I uh, to make sure that we continue to be present and involved in city discussions. I have picked up uh, the role of ex officio, and so I'm attending Ames City Council meetings on Tuesdays. Uh, so it's been uh, I've only been to one so far. Uh, they've been kind of doing some other smaller budget hearings recently that they don't. The ex officio can come, more than welcome, but it's not really pertinent to to us per se. Um, so, uh, but I've been to one so far. Fun time. Uh, you know, if you like a uh, 200-page document as, you know, your agenda for a meeting, go go check out the uh, the uh, city council agendas uh, with all the attached documents. It's a great time. Um, it's a hoot. The, the Ames Tribune is there. The Iowa State Daily is there. And then uh, there's actually a surprising number of people who show up to these meetings. So it's always uh, really interesting. And uh, as mundane as I think some people might find a city council meeting, There's really heated and interesting conversations that are happening with all the little ordinances and decisions that the city makes about, uh, you know, the experience that we're all going to have here as residents of Ames.
0: And as many jokes as we like to crack about the time commitment um, and the matters that you have to deal with as ex officio to the Ames City Council, I think it's still... Worth pointing out how important this position is to student government because you are the liaison between the city of Ames and student government. I mean, Iowa State is only a small portion of the larger Ames community, um, and students don't exist without the Ames community and vice versa. Um, And so you hold that very special relationship between student government and the city council. Um, so if you are interested, feel free to email us at stugov at and we can make sure that you are on the docket for Ames city council meetings. But, um, in other terms, I know by the time this episode releases, we will have already voted, but a very special committee um, that Jacob and I both sit on, the Special Student Fee Committee, um, will have voted to make the recommendations to hand off to President Winterstein, in which she will then go and present at the next Board of Regents meeting. Um, but we are voting on all of the fee increases that every student pays every semester, and um, this coming Tuesday. And so, I mean, that will be in the past by time this um, episode drops, but that's just a big thing that we've put a lot of time and effort into this semester. Um, For all of you listening, the fees aren't going to be increasing that much. So no worries Your you, Bill, for returning students. Isn't going to be too too much of an increase, but uh, that's something big we're doing. But I know there's another big area that we've been putting our effort towards lately. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. And if I can just touch on the fees real quick, you know, uh, there has been a lot of time put in uh, not only by us, but by the departments that have presented to the fee committee. Um, And, you know, this is probably one of the most important things that student government does every year. It is one of the uh, things that we have the most direct control over. And so uh, those conversations with the various departments about uh, the fees and what they do with our student dollars are uh, really important. And I will say the departments uh, that come to us tend to put in a lot of effort and be very conscious of how they spend student dollars. And so uh, been really interesting conversations this year and uh, yeah, we'll see how uh, the meeting goes uh, next week. But there is something else big happening. Um, if uh, you've been paying attention, uh, the university has a new strategic plan. Uh, and I know that's something that everyone's interested in, everyone's curious what the strategic plan of, of uh, the Iowa State University is. Um, but uh, just last year, we released uh, the strategic plan, and now we are entering the uh, implementation stage of the strategic plan. So we've got a couple 2B statements, you know, about the direction that we want to take Iowa State and what we want Iowa State to be nine years from now. Um, and so, uh, as a part of that, the uh, university is accepting proposals uh, for. Uh, uh, for the strategic plan, you know, initiatives that kind of help us live up to those uh, 2B statements and the different uh, objectives set out in the plan. And so if you are paying attention to the plan and you have some project ideas that might relate to it, uh, here in a couple weeks I think they'll start accepting proposals for um, uh, for funding. Uh, the president's office has actually put some money behind this, which is something that hasn't happened with previous strategic plans. Uh, And there's a lot of excitement around the university around this because it means that uh, we can, you know, maybe put forward some really innovative uh, uh, projects that could um, really reshape Iowa State as we know it. Um, So that's a really big thing happening. Uh, The strategic plan is going to shape the whole direction of Iowa State for the better part of the next decade. And so, again, if you have any interest in that, I really encourage you to go to the Iowa State University website. And read more about the strategic plan.
0: But if you aren't following the strategic plan and you may not have a project that you could propose for funding, there are other methods that you can get involved and really make a change on this campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And right after this producer bit, we are going to have a multitude of conversations with representatives from each committee within student government and how they impact lives of every student at this campus. Um, So
2: stay tuned for that. Kappa Alpha Theta is hosting Theta Twists to raise money for the organization Court Appointed Special Advocates, also known as CASA. The money raised stays right here in Story County to help advocate for children that are in the foster care system. Kappa Alpha Theta is selling soft pretzels, nachos, and other goodies for this great cause. Board games and house tours will also be available. Head on over to 2239 Knapp
3: Street on February 17th from 5 to 8 p.m. to join in on the fun. All are welcome, and there is no need to be Greek-affiliated. If you can buy your tickets at the door or by DMing Kappa Alpha Theta on Instagram. That's February 17th from 5 to 8 p.m. We'll see you there.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to another producer bit here on the state of things a bit of a shorter segment here for you guys because we have a lot that's coming up later in the episode so stay tuned for that but as always you are joined here by your fabulous producers ethan maddie and myself guys how are we doing today doing good doing good uh just spent uh, 18 hours with dance marathon
3: on saturday mm-hmm. that was really fun they raised $161,000. Nice. i think it was around nice. that ballpark i mean yeah, yeah. yeah it was a fantastic event though very long day a little tired, but I'm doing good. Semester's going good. Uh, it's my birthday month. I'm doing hey, good. Excited for
2: spring you. break. Yeah, doing good. Solid. Nice, nice. Maddie, what about you?
4: Uh, it's been busy. It's only Monday and it's only halfway through the day, but it's mm. been busy because I've got a trip to Orlando coming up for my studio on Thursday, and a career fair on Wednesday, and I have to have some stuff submitted in my portfolio by Tuesday. Hmm. I've got a lot to do, and I'm kind of <laughs> stressed, but it's going good, and I'm really like happy to be working on a whole bunch of different things. So,
3: so you're taking a field trip to Orlando? Yeah. That's not fair.
4: Oh Well, we're only going to Epcot oh. and Kennedy Space Center. Only going to and Epcot and Kennedy Space Center. And we get Space a free design. day to explore Orlando on our own, so it's no big deal, but whatever.
2: You get a whole day just to explore just Orlando?
4: Almost. We, okay. we're, we're meeting at a firm, like a, a design firm, okay. Okay. for like two hours to get some... Yeah, knowledge yeah, or whatever you want to call it and then we get to go explore Orlando for like the rest of the night.
2: But well, see, this is, sounds like the whole package deal. It's like you're getting the best of Orlando.
4: Mm-hmm. Are you we'll sure it's that. not just
2: like a field trip for just like fun? Like just go down there and
4: well, because it's an experiential design studio, we're experiencing all of these curated, oh, you know. Okay. So like you go to Epcot okay. and you're like, well, how did they design it and why did they do it this way and what was their intent? So we what? have to go and like think it through, and get field expertise. Yeah. But it's an experience, so we get to experience it firsthand.
3: Do you yeah. get a Do you get a, get to go to Universal?
4: No, At we, we mm-hmm. have the option to like buy ourselves tickets and go to Universal on the free day if we want. And I'm like, I don't have that much money because we have to pay for our own Ubers and food and everything there. Yeah, no. right. that's yeah yeah, 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 whatever. But i well, yeah, I'm excited. You, you it's gonna be a great trip.
3: Free plane ride?
4: No, I had to buy my plane.
3: Oh, Well, yeah. okay, maybe it, maybe I'm not actually it, yeah, as excited. Maybe then. scratch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We right? get no, free
4: entry to Epcot and free entry to Kennedy Space Center and. Our hotel is paid for, and that's all. Well, that's a solid. It's not that bad that I think about for it. you know a thirty-person studio. That's a big you know trip. Yeah. You got to pay for everybody, yeah. so it could be worse. It mm,
3: could be. Mm. Well, on that play round, you're gonna be listening to some music, I assume. Oh,
4: I sure will. So I have to download my whole playlist.
3: Exactly. I I think it's a really good time to talk about song I, of the week.
4: I agree. I think that was successful the last time we did it, and we should keep doing it. Yeah, for sure. So so start with Sundar. Ah,
2: yeah. uh, so. I um, actually have to give credits to Maddie for one thing real fast. So she gave an, uh, a, a song of the week last week, Tyrants by Catfish and the Bottlemen, mm-hmm. And I found myself re-listening to the podcast of all things. I was sitting down in the of office by myself and I was like, ah, let me just listen to it. Let me just see how it was, because right? we did the new lights and everything. I was like, it's so cool. And I remember Maddie saying that and I was like, you know what? I want to listen to that song. Mm-hmm. Listen to it and oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. When I was like, Mm, chef's kiss at that entire song. Captures in the Bottle Man, you guys did a fantastic job. Oh. Um, so thank you for that song recommendation. Hey it's Ty. been my number one listen to. But in another thing that I've been listening to a lot is Fall Out Boy. Fall Out mm. Boy Ooh. has come out with two new singles Yeah. Um, that uh, came out a, li- a little bit ago, but there have been two that I've been going back to and been like, it sounds really good, right? It's Love From The Other Side and Heartbreak Feels So Good and right
4: around february perfect timing <laughs> yeah it's
2: like right around that january february time frame like with valentine's day just like right around the corner right and uh, of course by the time this goes out it'll be you know it's literally valentine's Day tomorrow days. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it is tomorrow <laughs> when we're recording it but it'll be two days yeah afterwards by the time yeah. we release it but anyway so those two songs have been on um my current playlist that i have been listening to and I, w- I kind of fell in love with Fall Out Boy like, back in like my middle school days, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I kind of fell out of them. But like some of their sounds on their so- on their like, on on like these songs kind of sound like they're old stuff. Like so old I'm, Fall Out Boy? Like old Fall Out Boy. I need to I take a I listen, listen I was going
4: to say. I'm that's kind good. of
2: impressed with it. So anyway, that's my song of the week, or I guess songs of the week. Yeah. So, But yeah, who wants to go
4: next? That sounds solid. I'll go next. Um, well, I'm still stuck. I also am still stuck on Tyrants, and that entire Catfish in the Bottomland album is just... I think I play it every day. Mm. But um, for new suggestions, I listen to a lot of Proxima Parada, which is kind of like a, a low key folkish, not quite rock, but they're really good. It's like alt indie folk. I, I don't yeah, even yeah. know. It's yeah, a yeah. whole amalgamation. But two songs that I never skipped from them are Toss in My Troubles, it's so good, mm. and Kind Reminder. That one's that one came up. I used to skip it and now I just like listened to it more in depth for the first time a couple days ago and I was like, "Oh, oh, this song's kind of like really good." Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a it's a different genre than what I normally listen to, but I had I heard a song from them called Must Have Been a Ghost and I just fell in love with the band. So, nice. great music. I highly recommend Proxima Parada.
3: Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'm still on my Harry Kick, especially after he uh-huh. won Album mm-hmm. of the Year. Of course. So, Casual, of course. Lo- low key flex. Fantastic album. Um, ugh, so good. Um, I'm also still Claire Rosenkrantz, like Frankenstein, Don't Miss Me. It's like that was the t- backyard Boy. that was like the TikTok creator, I guess. Mm-hmm. She does music with her dad. Fantastic. I just, I the problem is, I'll like listen to these songs and I'll just kind of internalize them and I'll just keep them for probably like, I will sometimes listen to Month on End, which is crazy. Oh, 100%. But um Noah Khan. He's oh. been he's been I I'm gonna start talking about him now because I used I used to be a little bit more obsessed with him like earlier in the year or like mm. earlier mm-hmm. later last year, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um but that's my recommendation. Just listen to Noah Khan. I one that one song that I think started putting me on the map for him is Maine, which is fantastic. But he also just released his Released an album, I th- I don't, yeah, it's stick season, stick season, the <laughs> album, fantastic album, go listen to it, if you need to cry, it's a good album to cry to, Love. Um, it's always <laughs> a good cry for a college student like me. But I Might
4: stay away from the crying while I'm on my plane ride. Yeah, <laughs> I know. would try
3: not to do that on your plane ride down there, but I'm, yeah. like, any other point?
4: In the back of a sci That's my personal favorite <laughs> cry spot. Used to say plumber route to work and just have a little tea. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: my. Uh, back of a back, back of, of a sci ride. If you guys see Maddie crying in the back of the side don't worry about <laughs> don't it. Don't just worry listen about to it. Noah <laughs> <laughs> Kahn. I'm
4: in my spot. I'm all good. It's, it's my okay. zone. It's
2: okay. It's just Noah Kahn. Specifically plum Specifically plum route. I
3: was, was going to cry yesterday during Super Bowl Sunday during the halftime show. You want to yeah. know why? they didn't rihanna didn't sing disturbia i'm disturbed that she didn't <laughs> sing disturbia i i was so looking forward to it that was the one song that was just the one song i, know, I wanted to stop listen to i talking
4: about disturbia exactly
3: and then she doesn't play it i'm so upset also paul mccartney was in the building but they didn't sing 4 or 5 seconds however kanye
4: west wasn't a part of that was he
3: he was a part of it but okay. they played all the lights which also featured kanye west huh. kanye didn't come out I mean. <laughs> um, and so like it's like I understand that but like if Paul McCartney was the, I feel like I wish I would have seen some special guests right. that's all besides her baby
5: being
4: I was
2: about to say like like she did come out and say before like guys I'm, I'm super excited for you to see my special guest and then like she didn't bring anybody out everyone was like really confused but then right afterwards in her interview after Super Bowl she goes oh yeah I'm pregnant again and that was her special guest I, th- I thought that was really sweet I thought, that was, I thought that was really cute. Is it she, was really cute. I just wish...
6: Is
4: she the first person to be pregnant and perform at a Super Bowl?
2: I, that's a real, I've never... That's an ESPN
3: stat right there. Yeah. That's like, that's like a super specific, like... like but, like, type. I wonder... Do you yeah. know
4: how many pregnant people have performed at the just Super w- Bowl? <laughs> I sure don't.
3: Every, imagine there's... T- yeah. That would be... That would be crazy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious to know that now.
4: I'm going to have to look that you gotta, up. Later.
2: Yeah, you got to look that up. Yeah. But... My opinion on the halftime show is phenomenal. It's fantastic. It was a great show.
3: I love the background dancers, the the fits, the outfits, the costumes. What it like? So so here's, here's what
2: I'll say about like Rihanna's song choice throughout all of uh, like the Super Bowl and stuff. Like. I wasn't able to listen to it all that clearly because you and I were in the same spot. And like it was like we're basically listening to, uh, to it with, with TV.
3: Yeah, speakers. there was like, like crappy like, TV. Yeah, like,
2: It wasn't like it was like, you know, it we would like really delve into it. Like I there was one transition spot that I loved. We, like it was from one song to another that I transitioned into Rude Boy. And there was like background noises that you could hear that came from S&M and it was like a good way to like include the song without actually having to like sing parts of it.
3: And maybe I just missed the disturbia melody somehow. Yeah. Somewhere. So like
2: and that's or what I'm that's that's like what I'm played thinking. In the back track. Yeah. That's but, what I'm thinking may have happened. Like but the one thing that I will give to Rihanna is that like Album after album, single after single, like she doesn't miss. So there was a bunch of songs. It was a, absolute, was it a that bunch of just. Yeah, it was a bunch of hits. I do agree with you in that, like, Disturbia should have been on the set list, at least in some shape, way, or form, just like S&M was, or like, you know, Only Boy, uh, uh, sorry, Rude Boy, or Only Girl in the World. But I do think that, like, Disturbia is far enough in the past and may not be as popular, listen, hear me out. Because there's a lot of new <laughs> stuff that she's done now. That's fair. Like, uh, But it's Disturbia. <laughs> That's my, right. I don't know.
3: I just, I, I have a, I have a closer connection to that you, song than most people. You ask me
2: what song should she have cut in, in replacement for Disturbia? Wild Thoughts. If you ask me. Like, I am not a I'm big fan. A, I, I actually didn't mind Wild Thoughts. I, I, mean, I don't like the work song like work. I don't know. I mean that's that's another song that I'm like this like I'm not that one that I'm about like... but like wild thoughts for me just like doesn't have doesn't hit the same way I, like work was became like super popular because of like you know the album and Drake right like that became the, the most famous single off of that album but I don't know I thought Rihanna was fantastic and can we just talk about the choreographers for a second the choreographers oh. Oh, and the camera work. Oh, I mean, you and I were like geeking I, out about I'm, it. Yeah, I'm. My thing is production.
3: I was like the platforms coming down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. There wasn't even that many flashy lights. It was just the set, though, was amazing, and the. I saw I saw a meme about those platforms when they had like the one top and two it was on the, the super it Smash Bros. Super yeah, yeah, yeah Smash Bros. Did you see that? I oh, did. That was so was so funny. funny. I really enjoyed. So it. I, showed oh to, I showed that to I showed that to Jaden yesterday, yeah. and he just started laughing out loud. we was just like it's literally yeah. dying. I
2: like left to go get food or something. and I was like on my phone and I saw that meme and I was like that's funny. So I sent it to you because mm-hmm. I was like they, they, it said like Rihanna. We know what you're doing. We've seen this before, and yeah. I'm like oh that's funny. That's super funny. That yeah, was was. But yeah, Ooh. but the platforms coming down and like. One thing that I saw a critic say, which I agree with a lot, is the reason why Rihanna was so successful in the Super Bowl halftime show is her simplicity of like going into it. Is like very a, minimal. Very minimal, but it drew more attention to her and the choreographers rather than all of like the lights and setup and this and that.
3: Yeah. No, again, the those like the background dancers, oh, I, their choreography was fantastic. I was like, just I was mm. like, my jaw was dropped pretty much the whole show, yeah. Until it wasn't when she didn't perform <laughs> the studio. That's, I'm gonna keep coming back to that because I'm still upset, but it's okay. It's
2: I, I will I will let you guys know. Uh, Ethan was was very very upset at that. He was yelling at the uh, the TV screen, and we're all, all right. you, like, to, like calm forget down. the
4: football game, yell at Rihanna. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I have other thoughts about the football game, but we don't need to get into that. Let's not get into that because that
2: could be a little controversial. Uh, you took
4: two L's in one night. Didn't all, right. You? <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Ooh, call it I'm, not e- call I'm
2: not. I'm not even, even. No,
3: okay. I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm a Washington fan. So like, there are rivals, but I wanted to see successful, like, successfulness in the NFC East. Right. Um. It was a really fantastic game. It, was. it really was. I will stand by. I think that the did you did you watch the end of the game? I did. Yeah. That holding call that they got called on the Eagles, the defensive yeah. holding, yep, absolutely like bad call, in my opinion. He, the I think the Eagles cornerback came out and said that he held them. I think it's a bad call to call like, with that close of the game. Yeah. It was third and twelve. I don't know. It it happened. It's over. Chiefs won. Congratulations to all the Chiefs fans out there. I as I, as I hate to say. I really wanted to see Eagle uh, Philadelphia burned
2: down to the ground though. And I well, don't they'll burn happens.
4: if they will burn since they lost anyway. Well they didn't uh, not
2: as but hard. It, it I no it's will lot of it's a It won't be lot won't a lot we won't yeah. see We won't see the it's a the of it's a lot of a gun, and that's only phase one. <laughs> um, we a not see uh, whose a is getting flipped. Who's cars? I I can't even remember. Katrina's, Katrina's. Somebody's car is getting flipped, and it was it was it was some like very stereotypical name. Yeah, yeah. it's like Lisa. I think it was Lisa. That sounds Lisa. We're gonna flip your car. That sounds (laughs) sort of right. Yeah, I don't know, but who? If your car got flipped, but in Philly last night, I'm terribly sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
7: It's okay.
2: But yeah, (laughs) 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 that's funny. Maddie, no remorse. No remorse. Never. It's okay. If she cries, it's, it's just to Noah. It's just it's just over Noah's it's album. Not. It's all good. And on Plum Road. Um, on Plum <laughs> In the back of SideRide.
4: Specifically. In the
2: back of right. yeah. That's the only place you'll see Maddie cry. All right. Well, well, anyway, thank you guys for joining us here on the producer bit. Uh, it's a bit, again, bit of a shorter one. Not a lot to tell you guys about. But um, I'm going to throw it back to Jacob and Jaden for our interviews. All
1: right. With us in the booth is Student Government's Senior Director of Communications, a senior in... Uh, communication studies, public relations with a minor in history, Jamie
0: Host.
8: Hi, how are you today?
0: Good. How are you doing, Jamie?
8: Good. Long Thursday, but happy to be here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is a long Thursday, but you have to remember that tomorrow is Friday. Yes. Friday is one of the best days of the week, and it brings in the weekend, which everyone loves. So, yes, it's Thursday, but Friday is tomorrow.
1: Thursdays are always either cabinet days for me or state of things days, so... It's always a good day on Thursday for me. But um, Jamie, you're here as our senior director of communications. And in that role, you also chair the public relations committee within student government. So could you talk a little bit about uh, what the public relations committee is and what it does?
8: Yeah, so um, the Public Relations Committee is made up of me, um, along with two other directors, the Director of Marketing and the Director of Outreach. And then on our committee, we also have Senators and at-larges that help us with a lot of different projects. Um, For example, this is one of our projects. Um, But we work on promoting student government and um, planning, a lot of um, events for students to interact with, student government representatives, um, and then also to promote ourselves on our social media platforms. Uh, One of our our most popular social media platforms is our Instagram, so go follow us at uh, isustugov. And yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: And so, you mentioned social media, and I know one thing that student government just kind of launched as of recently is our new TikTok. Would you like to talk just a little bit about that?
8: Yes. Um, So, we did just release uh, a TikTok for the first time this semester. As of right now, I only know we've uh, released uh, one TikTok. I might be wrong about that, but um, Jacob's kind of the star of that TikTok, so... Uh, check it out. The handle is also the same, same for our TikTok as well, and all our social medias.
0: And I do cool. know that we have a mini microphone um, that we're going to be using in TikToks to come. So if you see us running around with a mini microphone, that's why. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, uh, my stardom doesn't drag down the
1: Stugov of TikTok too much. Uh, you know, trying to, it trying to rise above me. Um, so hopefully, I'm not a burden on that <laughs> on that channel. Um, but. Going beyond that, uh, what do you, what is one of the big projects that Public Relations Committee is working on this uh, semester?
8: Yeah, um, so the again, the podcast is one of our big projects. And then we are planning a gaming tournament and a Women's Day celebration. And so our committee is kind of split up into subcommittees. And so we have um, different uh, members of our committee working on those two different projects.
0: So I know the Women's Day event is actually something that happened a few years ago, had a little hiatus, and then, you know, you are leading the bring back of that event. But what does Women's Day all entail as of right now?
8: Yeah, as of right now, um, we're planning on not really having uh, speakers instead of instead it's more of an appreciation um, for women. So we're planning on having like, coffee and donuts out on Central Campus, and then we're going to um, have students write on um, either a big board or a poster or whatever um, and inspiration, inspirational women in their life.
1: That's awesome. I, I think uh, those kinds of events are some of the things that student government does that I think, A, obviously, gets us out there and gets us in front of a lot of people. but they're also just some of the more impactful things that we do. It's a great chance to interact with the community, lift people up um, and start those important conversations about like who are the important women in your life and how have they impacted you. Um, so with that in mind, I mean I think I think that's a really cool event that you're leading. Um, but you know looking back as you know your time as senior director or even back, because I know you've been on PR committee for a while now, Um, What has been your favorite part of being a part of the Public Public Relations Committee? Um, Is there a specific project or a kind of part of the committee that you really enjoy?
8: Yeah, so um, before I was the Senior Director of Communications, I was the Director of Outreach. And um, last semester, so fall semester, we started a karaoke like a stug of karaoke for after dark and one of our first uh after dark uh karaoke events we had a line outside of the door like people were waiting to get into um to do karaoke so that was probably one of my most favorite events that we've done um in the past two-ish years that i've been in pr
0: that's wonderful. I think that's just you know karaoke. Who would have associated student government in that kind of an event? And so it just shows the wide range of things that our public relations committee actually does. Um, but I'm curious if I was an average student but wanted to get involved with the public relations committee and student government, how might I go about that?
8: Yeah. Um. So we do have one senate or er, one at large. Um, seat left and you would just contact me all my information is updated on the student government website um, or um, if you were a senator then uh, you can join our committee as well
1: that's awesome well thank you so much jamie for coming on the podcast today to talk about the public relations committee and all the important and awesome things that you're working on
8: thank you
0: thank you jamie And with us now is senior in animal science and 2B vet school student and our very own student government director of health and wellness, Charlotte Everest. Charlotte, how are you doing?
9: I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Got lost on the way. Uh, but overall happy to be here all in one piece.
0: Well, that's wonderful. I know when we have guests Sometimes it is hard just because the digital media suite um, We're kind of tucked down here in the basement of the Student Innovation Center But once you find it you're never gonna forget it because this is an amazing space
9: I did walk through an active photo shoot on the way here So I might be in a couple photos coming up. So
0: talking about photo bombing.
9: Yeah, <laughs> keep an eye out
1: <laughs> Well, we'll we'll keep our eyes posted to all the magazines on campus Uh, but Charlotte, you are the chair of the Health and Wellness Committee here in student government. So can you talk to us a little bit about what the committee does?
9: Yeah, so the committee this year is kind of interesting um, in the sense that it's kind of the first year it's come back, especially after COVID. Um, So I've had a lot of freedom and my committee members have had a lot of freedom um, to kind of work on some big projects um, and focus a lot. We bring our discussions back a lot to mental health, Um, And then, just kind of overall, how we can support students starting at the base level, so kind of your basic physical needs, um, and then hopefully, kind of working up that pyramid that you learned in like middle school health class, um, so we can help our students reach mental well being.
0: And so, I know that the Health and Wellness Committee has been very active and doing a lot of projects um, last semester and into this semester. Um, and you're very proud of them. And so, <laughs> could you talk about a little of what the committee has done?
9: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as anyone in StuGov knows, I'm a project girl. Um, I do a lot of projects. Um, my committee has been amazing in supporting me. Um, last semester, we did Party Smart. Um, So focused on kind of a get home safe, alcohol awareness, substance use awareness um, campaign there. Focusing on students, if they do choose to engage with those substances, um, what resources are available if they wish to go into recovery or need a ride home. um, And then just what exists in the community for them there. Um, My biggest project and my biggest passion piece is probably the menstrual equity product, um, which actually got greenlit just a few days ago. Um, So really excited about that. Um, so putting in some menstrual product dispensers in gender neutral restrooms in the Memorial Union um, so that students who don't identify as female can still have access um, to those necessary products. So,
0: Very nice. I, I've been hearing about them every Wednesday during our <laughs> um, Senate meetings. You always have a great update. And so I'm really happy to hear that all of your big projects are coming to fruition.
9: Yeah, it makes me really happy.
0: Yeah. And. I know, Charlotte, everything with you is
1: a passion project. (laughs) Um, You're excited about everything, and there's a lot of different things going on in the Health and Wellness Committee. But what would you say is your favorite part of leading the committee? Is there, you know, I know you've mentioned some projects that are really Mm -hmm. close to home for you. Um, Is there a project or just an aspect of the committee that really speaks to you?
9: I love the freedom that we have now, that we're kind of free of COVID, and my committee kind of started back up again for the first time in a few years. Um, So I love that we're able to kind of have open discussions. My committee members are actually all working on mini projects right now, Um, so I've taken a step back, and I'm supporting them in those projects. So doing some physical well-being resources, mental well-being resources, um, and then a big thing is want to do something about food insecurity, um, some sort of a partnership with SHOP there. So kind of working out the kinks in that. Um, But I just, I really have enjoyed just having the conversations and kind of building the committee with my committee members. Um, I don't know, I really look forward to our meetings and I think that we have a lot of powerful discussion.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I I also think that you're right that during COVID, we kind of lost a lot of different health and wellness Mm -hmm. discussions. And obviously that's because COVID took precedence during those years. Um, but there are a lot of things that we kind of set aside for a while that I think we're finally getting back to talking about on a more regular basis, um, and actually addressing, uh, yeah. m- most, or more clearly. Um, if there's a, if students are listening to this and, you know, have an interest in advocating on these issues and getting involved, how might they get involved with your committee?
9: They are more than welcome to send me an email. Um, you can find me in the student directory or on the student government website, um, even if you aren't able to join the committee, we'd love to have you help out on a project, um, anything like that. If you want to come to a Senate meeting and just kind of check it out, or if you want just some connections in the campus student wellness department, I can hook you up there. Yeah.
1: And and Charlotte is always looking
0: for new ideas.
9: I'm a project girl. What can I say?
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Charlotte, for talking a little bit about the health and wellness committee. I know we are very proud of everything that you and the committee has accomplished. So Uh, Thank you for being on the pod. Thank you, you guys. All right. With us now is a senior in industrial
1: engineering with minors in data science and general business, our director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Bye. How are you?
6: Good. I'm good today. How are you guys doing today?
0: I'm doing great. It's been a very busy day, but uh, it's
6: been good. Yes, I can tell. So it's a Thursday, getting ready for the Friday and the weekend. I just got off from a lot of questions from students with homework due tonight, so I'm also a TA for class where there's a lot of students, a lot of questions, and a lot of grading, so that's going on with my Thursday.
0: (laughs) I'm happy that students are coming to your office hours, though, um, because I was once a TA for a 100-level geography course, and I had three office hours every week, and for two semesters straight, I didn't have one student show up, and so I'm really happy that students are actually utilizing your office hours, though.
6: Yes, that our professor pushes students to go to office hours, so if there are questions which are office hour questions, she just says, office hours is the time to ask these questions. Mm. Let's move on. So that's why I get students. I don't know if it's me entirely, but that's the students.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm glad that the students are using that resource. I'm sure that's a little bit extra work for you, but it's good that they're uh, making use of things like that. Uh, but Vi, you are the chair of our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee here in student government. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Uh, what the committee is and what it does?
6: Yes. Um, So at DEI, the first main goal for all of us, the committee members and us, is making sure that there is great diversity, there's great inclusion, and along with that, everybody gets the help they need. Um, We also understand that all the different clubs and organizations come from different places and different backgrounds. So to make sure... Everybody gets the different levels of help they need is very important. And when I say the levels of help, I talk about the various resources that are available with DEI established at Iowa State and the ways in which student government can also help different clubs and organizations with outreach or the various resources or, let's say, events we do at DEI. So that's one of the biggest things at DEI that we focus on is making sure that everybody feels comfortable and at home away from home.
0: That's wonderful. And I think it's very needed work that you are leading the way on, especially within student government and reaching out to I know that's a big part of what the community does is reaching out to those other multicultural um, organizations and really making sure that they get the, the help they need so they can flourish as any other club on campus. Um, and, and so I know last semester, DEI and going into this semester have a lot of big projects. Um, I didn't know if you could talk about a couple of those that you guys are working on.
6: Yes. Um, so one of the big projects that this committee does is the town halls. So when I say town halls, it's a platform or it's a safe space where a lot of students come in and share what they feel about different issues going on with their cells, campus, or let's say socially outside in the world. So that's a platform we create for students. And why it's such a big project or why it's such a big event is this helps us bridge the gap between what the faculty is trying to achieve for DEI at um, the bigger level or at the Iowa State level and what students actually want when they're at Iowa State. So this helps bridge the gap where we actually go in and this is what's going on, this is what we can propose and here are our solutions. So that's what the town hall is pretty much. And coming to other small events, we try to see how we can have smaller projects or collaboration with other organizations and other clubs where we can help facilitate with the resources that we have at student government. So that's one of the big things. And one thing we also started doing was having some inclusive language presentations. We do that, and that actually helps students know or learn more about how do we actually write in association with all the different types of students or who's reading or how do we actually put ourselves in front of different types of, let's say, faculty or having that tone or keeping those things in mind. So those are some of the projects that we work on, and we try to see how we can have maximum outreach and maximum communication with different clubs and organizations in order to be the voice for those different clubs and organizations. Because when I talk about my background myself, I was born in Fargo, North Dakota, but I lived most of my life in India. So I understand the cultural connect and how different students are different humans bring different perspectives to the table. So making sure to give that platform to all these perspectives out there is very important to have that cultural share of knowledge or that different perspective shared.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. That is so very important. And, you know, I think you touched on the town halls for a little bit there. And uh, I know that, you know, we've been putting thing uh, town halls on for the last couple years in student government. And there have just been so many... Uh, uh, I think very important moments that have come out of those town halls, uh, where some, you know, pretty raw emotions have been shared about, um, how students are feeling on this campus, you know, whether or not they feel welcome at Iowa state and those conversations have, you know, obviously made it back to leadership throughout student government, but also leadership within the university administration and they've resulted in change. Um, and so, uh, I, really excited that we're continuing to put those events on I think they're so important uh, to make sure that we're always having that open line of communication about what the environment is on campus and how we can be conscious of those different cultures and identities that are present Um, so kind of moving on from that though you know I think that's an amazing project and I think you you mentioned a couple other projects that you're working on uh, all of which I think are really important and have a great impact but is there you know, a project or a part of the DEI committee that you just really enjoy that kind of hits home for you?
6: I feel uh, from the background that I talked from where I come from, I love um, connecting with people who share the same background as well. So that helps me know that we're in the same boat, we have another shoulder to carry on, we can all share what we feel like. So for me, this role has actually helped me go beyond my own community where I come from and learn a lot from the different communities on campus. And I really like understanding the different issues or the common issues that we actually have, even if you are not from the same country. So this role gives me the opportunity to talk to different clubs and organizations, get to that personal level and a deeper connection, and also with leadership for that fact, because we have so many leaders at Iowa State who actually have so many different personalities and different backgrounds and perspectives and have so much shared knowledge. It's great to have those conversations with them to see what they're actually working on and how we could be an asset for them as well to change Iowa State or to change smaller versions or smaller parts of Iowa State. So I feel this position's great, and I really love being in this position, and it just gives me so much exposure to every single aspect of Iowa State.
0: So if a student wanted to be involved with the DEI committee and really make a change in this space that affects so many students at Iowa State, how might they go about that?
6: It's a very simple process. Email me, reach out to our Instagram page, reach out to the DEI email that's going to be out soon. So these three things, any of those should work, and we are always happy to have anybody help us with any of the events even if they want to be a part of the committee or help us on any events, any of that works. As long as we have all those different minds, it's all going to work out in the end.
1: Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today to talk about all the important work that the DEI committee is working on.
6: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Vi. And with us now is junior in animal ecology and biology, our very own student government finance director, Kit Claiborne. Kit? How are you doing this Thursday? I am good. i um, running around campus, but would nothing would do nothing else. I'm glad that you're running around campus, though, that we've had this little warm spell, and so you're not slipping and sliding around no, campus. No, uh,
10: two days ago I did slip and fall on the ice, so I'm recovering still from that. So It's a trend in
1: student government that I started. I would say, Jacob Ludwig
10: had a mighty big fall the other day. Mine was really bad, but it's we don't talk about it, so.
1: It's fine. We can go to the doctor together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Kit, you are here as our finance director and chair of the student government finance committee. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, finance committee, what it does, you know, the 30,000 foot view?
10: Yeah, so basically all students pay $44 a semester. So again, each year, $88 and that comes directly to us. Um, But then when it comes to us, we kind of do math. Um, Some people already have contracts. So that's the amount that we have to pay Um, that's uh, examples are student legal, sub, bigger contracts that we have. And then from there, um, we currently have a contract with the daily and some of our money and uh, the graduate student and professional students go to them and then everything else goes to student government. So our total revenue is around $2.6 million depending on how many students, but at the end of it we get, honestly, it just depends on um, how many people actually pay their U-bill on time and then also just the um, amount of students we have on campus.
0: So that's a lot of money. $2.6 million is what goes into our student government accounts every year. Yes. I suppose, <laughs> where does that go? So technically, it comes in
10: every semester. So the $2.6 million is kind of just an estimate that we have for the whole fiscal year. Fiscal year starts July 1st and June 30th. Um, but it goes to our contracts, like I said earlier, student legal services, sub, uh, the daily, all of those. And then we have sports club council. So, sports club council is specifically um, clubs on campus that are in sports. So, men's volleyball club, women's volleyball club, rugby. If you can think it's a sport, it's a sports club. And then also other student organizations. Um, so, your uh, other student organizations that we kind of see are like International Student Council. And then within those, there's also funding tiers. So we have partnered, sponsored, funding eligible, and funding ineligible. Our partnered organizations are one that have a mission consistent with student government. So again, that's sub, student government is partnered. Um, Election commission, because election commission holds our elections. Sponsored organizations are something that we have where they're not directly tied to student government, but kind of have a broad um, membership, besides their members, but a broad um, interest to the community in Ames and Iowa State. So that's International Student Council, Winterfest, After Dark, all the big events. And then funding eligible organizations are ones that fall into our priorities and criteria, which is our sole governing um, document of kind of how we can fund organizations and how we can. So there's a lot of rules, a lot of rules. But at the end of the day, that $2.6 million does go to a lot.
1: Yeah. And, you know with With all that, I mean, we're funding you know somewhere around a hundred or so organizations. Uh, you know, obviously, and two point or two point six million dollars is a pretty daunting amount of money for any student organization to handle. Uh, but there's a lot of impact there. Yes. So what would you say? you know, I know that you've you know spent this last year as the finance director. You've also been on finance committee mm-hmm. before. Um, what would you say is your favorite part of being on finance? Is there you know, a particular project that you've been a part of or just a particular aspect of the committee that you appreciate?
10: Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that I like is kind of just the relationship we get with students. Um, a lot of people, the only exposure they do have to student government is through finance committee, unless they come through senate to ask for more money or ask to be sat. But any organization, treasurer, president, advisor, they, the only way they um, have contact with student government directly face to face is within finance committee. And that happens within our annual allocations, which is currently happening, and that starts at the end of January and continues until the beginning of March. So in that time is where we see 100 organizations like uh, President Ludwig said, and then from there that's when we budget our hopefully uh, $2.6 million. So our annual allocations is right now, and this process is just an estimate of we might, what we might have next year. So a lot of what we see in finance committee is just kind of like a estimate. And I I think that's what I really like is because at the end of the day, we truly don't know how much we have, but we still have um, a large amount of money that we can impact. And then also I just, COA office, campus organization accounting office is my right hand man. I love Jamie Barker. And I think, uh, especially for me for finance, director, the relationship I've had with COA is really nice because it allows me to just have a conversation and just go there. And if I have any questions not relating to finance director or student government, just university or just life, Jamie's been here a while so I can just ask her, she knows what to do, she knows what to say. So I think just the relationships I've had with um, students and student government um, and then also just treasurers for that matter is just building those connections and also just like having a conversation and just seeing how just like a $500 budget for an organization can change your whole outlook on the next year because A lot of the students that we see don't really know what finance is and kind of don't know the process but even that $500 budget can impact their organization for the next year and I think that's truly what I love the most
0: that's wonderful to hear I think it's very important that you are passionate about helping these students and um, being you know respective of all the money that we do have and making sure that it's making the biggest impact Um, But I suppose, say I am a treasurer of a club, I have no idea what my criteria are, I don't know if I'm funding eligible, ineligible, how do I even start this process to find out if I can get money from student government?
10: Yeah, so the easiest way is to go to our website, that's stugov.iestate.edu, and then in the top there's a funding tab, and you can see funding overview, That's kind of just explains how we get our money, what our priorities and criteria are, links to priorities and criteria, and kind of just what finance committee is. But also if you're requesting money during the year, there's a funding application form that you can fill out and it's just simple steps, organization name, member, how many members, who you are, what your email is, just basic information. And then from there you can type in line items. So treasurers, what they see on their budget are specific line items and that's what we kind of base our budgets off of. So any specific line item would be advertising, uh, conference or competitive trip, transportation or registration for that printing, get involved booklet, anything that we fund is an exact line item. So treasurers can fill that out and it gets sent to my email and the student government finance director's email, stugovfd at iestate.edu. And if they do have any questions relating to anything finances, um, they can email me. I've gotten questions on how to go to COA office and I say where it is or people just ask me questions about COA and if I can't answer them, I just ask to go to COA office. But then if you want to do a carryover request, which carryover request is something that um, student orgs who are funded by student government can do, because at the end of each fiscal year, our money um, that they don't use goes back to us. So we obviously, if there is an organization that has money budgeted for this year, it didn't work out, we want you to keep that money. So they can submit that and it's just, those are exact line items um, from fiscal year to fiscal year. And then the last one is a line item transfer And this is basically just keeping track of what their line items are, because how us and COA work is we give the budgets to COA. So uh, Jamie Barker has a budget for every single organization that we have. Her transition document uh, that she gets when the new finance director comes is like I think probably 200 to 400 pages, depending on how many budgets there are. So she goes in to see, sees what it is, and if it doesn't match up, then she contacts the student organization um, and that kind of goes into more detail for their part, but kind of just to mediate, uh, mitigate those and kind of just have alleviate, um, alleviate pressure for organizations. We have a line item transfer request form so they can um, tell us and COA office why they're changing funds because um, line item transfer requests don't have an increase in money, but the actual funding requests do.
0: So that was a very in-depth, yes. basically all the inner workings of Finance Committee. But I think when in doubt, go to the student government website. Go to that finance tab, like you said. Everything that you just mentioned is right there. Um, and if you still have questions, email um, stugofd at iastate.edu. Um, Kate will always be there to answer your questions. So thank you so much for talking about Finance Committee and yeah, how you, you impact of students. Of course, of course. Okay. And with us now is a junior
1: in agricultural communications, public relations, and international agriculture, and the student government director of sustainability,
11: Blake Vanderkamp. How you doing, Blake? Doing pretty well. I just got back from a sustainability committee meeting, and we have some um, special project coming up, specifically the solar trash compactor bill, and I'm really excited for that in the coming weeks.
0: <laughs> Man, sustainability
11: is really fresh on your mind coming straight from that committee meeting. Yeah, it definitely never stops. It feels like sustainability is always on my mind, even when I'm thinking about other things for classes and many other things on my mind as well.
0: Thinking about your other three majors, on top of being involved in student
11: government, you are a very committed person. Exactly. It seems like everyone in student government is all over campus and still being leaders in student government at the same time.
1: (laughs) Well, since you just came from Sustainability Committee, can you give us a quick rundown of what Sustainability Committee is and uh, what it does?
11: Of course. So the sustainability committee is one of the many committees that make up student government. But what my favorite part of about that committee specifically is that we also help with funding different projects on campus through the Green Initiatives Fund, which is around $30,000 for students, student organizations, faculty can even use it as well for some of their projects. And then some of the other things we do are just doing sustainable initiatives. So that can be helping with Palooza, Campus Sustainability Month, um, and obviously more recently, the solar trash compactor bills, which has happened a couple of times in the past as well.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I think one, uh, you know, sustainability has been a big focus for Jaden and I, and so uh, we've been really excited with how you've just taken it by the horns this year, Um, and you've got a lot going on. What would you say are some of the big projects going on
11: in the committee? Definitely. So we actually just finished celebrating George Washington Carver Day, which was a great celebration, kind of having a little bit more of a sustainability component to it, and hopefully to celebrate that many more years to come and have a little bit more of a tie to sustainability in the future going forward and then obviously solar trash compactors has always been a big thing and i'm actually really excited that we're going to be doing some more new wraps on those and also replacing some of the older ones students might see on campus that some of them are kind of broken in they've kind of definitely seen this on a little bit too many years and having a new and re found emphasis in sustainability and recycling and trash and everything like that with Steve um, Coates, which our new director of cycling excuse me, on campus has been just amazing and I'm so glad with the work that we're doing with him and hopefully many more years to come.
0: I think one of the interesting projects that you brought up was the George Washington Carver Day um, because I know earlier on in the fall semester that was an idea that you kind of personally had um, and then all of a sudden the university was doing something and so you were able to jump in on that which was really cool. Um, that was the February 1st, the first inaugural um,
11: George Washington Carver Day for the state of Iowa. And so how did you participate in that? So my role specifically was to be one of the speakers as a poetry reader, but then also I got to work with our vice president of student government and kind of make sure that we are planning some foods that were tied to George Washington Carver, but also honoring our College of Agriculture and Life Sciences and the many commitments that he's done specifically in social sustainability, but also environmental sustainability. And it's really cool to honor an, an alumni at Iowa State, but also tell students about his amazing legacy and really how he's impacted Iowa State and how he represents kind of, I think, the future, honestly, of sustainability of where we want to go as well.
0: And so then you also mentioned Trash Compactors. That's been taking up a lot of your time. Um, But I suppose what's a big project that you're personally passionate about?
11: I think I'm personally passionate about just being sustainable about the future of where we're going with Sustainability Committee. I think it's very easy. We see any student that's been involved in a club on campus, you know that Throughout things, it's hard to lose some information. I think this year, we really emphasize the fact that we want to keep things and momentum going. And that through that fact, we've had everything been very well documented. I think next year, students can see a lot more sustainable initiatives on campus. And I don't think they're ever going to be able to miss sustainability on campus from this year going forward.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I think uh, you're right, that kind of building a momentum and putting energy behind these projects. Because a lot of things uh, in the sustainability realm, they take time. You know, it's about changing, uh, you know, uh, little parts of the university in some cases, but other points you talk about changing the foundation of how certain units run and uh, how we deal with different problems. Um, if there's a student out there who's listening to this and they're interested in working with the Sustainability Committee and tackling some of these issues across campus, how would they do that? Well, there's a
11: definite variety of ways they can get involved. Specifically on the student government side, they can apply to be an at large either through the end of this year or going into next year when we have our next director position filled, but also if they're interested, they can also apply for director of sustainability. I highly recommend any student to get involved. I've had so much fun this year getting involved in student government on a different level and really encourage that, but also there are so many different things on campus as well tied to sustainability between the Live Green office under the director of sustainability at the university level and the green umbrella as well, and there's just so many more um, that I could list off as well.
0: I think that's a great opportunity for students to get involved because our sustainability committee not only promotes the environmental sustainability that we all think of, you know, changing the light bulb, you know, recycling instead of throwing away. But you also do those projects in economic and social sustainability, which don't always have the light shown on it that it should. And so if students are interested in any three of the realms of sustainability that uh, the committee works on, really reach out, I think it's a great opportunity. Um, But Blake, thank you so much for joining us today and explaining the Sustainability Committee.
11: Yeah, thank you so much, guys.
0: And with us now is a senior in Communication Studies with a minor in Leadership Studies, our very own Senator Meredith Mays, Chair of the Student Initiatives Committee. Meredith, how are you doing?
7: I'm doing great. I've been uh, wanting to be on the podcast for a while now. I Recommended the idea of doing a little comedy skit where there was a little drum roll and then a little ba after I uh, made a little joke, but that, that didn't get picked up. So now I'm here talking about the Initiatives Committee.
0: I don't know who you proposed that idea to, but I think we could use some comedy on this podcast. So re-propose the idea and maybe it'll come out a little more favorable this time.
7: <laughs> it's definitely Jacob, I think. I don't think yeah. left,
0: oh, <laughs> Jacob. Just as long
1: as it's not Jaden telling the joke... Uh, I think we'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> but Meredith, you are the chair of the Student Initiatives Committee, which is one of the larger committees in student government uh, that does a really broad range of things. So can you talk to us just a little bit about what the committee is and what it does?
7: You said it exactly. So Student Initiatives Committee is probably one of the more broad committees within uh, student government. We do a lot of different activities and initiatives, uh, probably the main thing that we've been doing lately has been like events. So we put on a range of events. Um, We had like a pumpkin smashing event where students could smash pumpkins on central campus, or we can do things that are more focused on like fixing something on campus. So we've done like the access walk or the safety walk where we assess both safety or accessibility or access students have to certain facilities on campus. Uh, another thing we can do is if students have a resolution that they're interested in passing, let's say if a student thought there were too many too many lights on campus, they could try to get a resolution to pass through the Student Initiatives Committee, and if we passed it, it would go to Senate. That's not a real example, but uh, it's it's something that could come up. Um, yeah, just events, resolutions. we. Some things that we're doing this semester are a little different, and we're not necessarily doing events for them. We're just kind of doing committee initiatives and trying to solve issues on campus, and yeah, I think it's going really well.
0: I think student initiatives is a very good, for back, for lack of better terms, a catch-all committee mm-hmm. of where... You really do whatever you want, but in a good way. You do some wonderful events. You do so many things like the safety and the accessibility walk, like you talked about, that improve students. But it's really that route and avenue for students. If they have a resolution or they don't know where to start, student initiatives is always a great place to go with those ideas that could be picked up. And, you know, those those students that propose the ideas can get carried right along with it and make a change here on campus.
7: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: So uh, what would you say is kind of the big project that the committee is working on at the moment?
7: We actually probably, I'd say, have about five projects that we're working on right now. So probably the first one that's going to be happening is going to be and Wellness. We've done it before where we have the therapy dogs for with ISUPD come and they are on campus with us. Normally we do it in front of parks and we give away free donuts and wellness resources. Uh, and then we're also planning an event that's gonna be like a gymnasium event. So we we try to do at least one like just fun. There's not necessarily a purpose other than getting students together, having fun, kind of event each semester, and that's gonna be what this is. We're renting out uh, the East Gymnasium and State Gym, and we're gonna get a bunch of dodgeballs and things like that, and just have a ball. Uh, that was not <laughs> an intended play upwards.
0: there's there's the comedy routine <laughs> right there.
7: Um, and then. We're trying to plan, we had in the past planned like a sexual assault awareness event. So we're going to try to plan another one of those since it kind of fell through last time. And then we were going to do, we've done the safety walk a lot in the past. And we're kind of trying to see if there's a way we can like expand that. Uh, We had thought about doing something either related to cleaning up like campus town and off campus areas, just because that's a thing that kind of needs to be done, especially around the areas where the bars are and everything like that. Or doing just a general kind of safety walk off campus is something that interests us. But we're also still into doing the safety walk on campus that we usually do where we mark lights out and bad pavement, things like that.
0: So being director of the student or the the chair for the Student Innovation, Student Initiatives, excuse me, committee um, this year, and you were on the committee last year as well. I -hmm. suppose what brought you back to seek out the chair position and um, really drive your passion for this committee?
7: I mean, student initiatives was the first thing that I did when I came to campus. I was a transfer student, so when I started I Iowa State, I joined as an at-large. Then the next semester, I became vice chair, and then I became the actual chair. I just adore everything the committee has done, everything we've done in the past, and all the things that we plan to do in the future. Uh, it's a good community. Everyone's loves throwing out ideas, and we've really done a lot of impactful things or really fun things, and people we've had people come to events and be like oh I did this last year this was really fun which is a really awesome thing to hear just trying to do something consistent and also just bring students together I think is like one of the sole purposes of student initiatives and also making sure campus is safer and I just I, I love chairing the committee and just the bro- the broadness of it too we can have any idea and just kind of run with it like the gym event like someone just mentioned what if we just rented a gym and I was like that's a fantastic idea so yeah it's just really broad and really fun to do
0: I would assume that's how like the pumpkin smashing event got brought up like what if we put a pumpkin on a tee and we beat it with a baseball bat as a joke but then you guys brought that event to fruition for its second year now. And it's a huge success. It happens right in front of Beard Sheer. So every student sees it. Um, I think that's just a great example of what student initiatives is really capable of.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if there's students out there listening to the podcast who have an idea like a pumpkin smashing event or something more, you know, uh, oriented towards, you know, that campus safety or public interest, how would they get involved with the student initiatives committee?
7: So there's probably two primary options. You can either email me. My email is mamays at iastate.edu, or you can just come to one of our meetings. They're open to anybody, and honestly, having people there with input, even if they're not necessarily in the committee, is really interesting and cool and something that I'd love to do. So we meet Mondays from 5 to 6 in room 3505 of the MU. So, yeah, Uh, if you wanted to come to that, you could, or you could just... Shoot me an email with your idea or interest in the committee. We have a lot of positions open. So would love anybody who's interested to come join, please.
0: All right. Well, it sounds like if you're a student and you have an initiative, come to that meeting five to six on Mondays and Meredith would love to see you. But thank you so much for Meredith um, for talking about the student initiatives committee with us.
7: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Okay, and
1: with us now is a senior in political science, and the vice speaker of the student senate and vice chair of the senate rules committee, Andrew Brook.
12: How you doing, Andrew? I'm doing pretty good. Um, on the drive over here from the MU, I drank an energy drink and had some licorice, and so I'm kind of a little too hyped right now. But you know, we're feeling good, ready to do this interview. You drank a whole energy drink on the, what,
0: five-minute yes. drive from the Memorial Union to the Student Innovation yeah. Center. Well,
12: see, you know, sometimes around this time, parking's a little hard, so I did have to drive around a couple times, so I extended the drive, but yeah. yeah. Well, I'm
1: glad that you're going to use your sugar high for this podcast. Um, but Andrew, you are the vice speaker of the Student Senate, and through that role, you're also the vice chair of Rules Committee. Um, Rules Committee is a kind of in, uh, internal committee within student government, doesn't necessarily get a lot of... Uh, publicity. Can you talk a little bit about what Rules Committee is and this and the role that it serves within student government?
12: Yeah, so Rules Committee, I mean, you're definitely right with that characterization. Uh, every other committee that we're, you know, you're going to hear about uh, on this podcast is going to be looking at some sort of external aspect. And while Rules doesn't not do that, it's mostly focused on the Constitution, bylaws, Senate rules of order, and any other rules that we have within student government, hence the name Rules Committee. Um, so you're mostly going to be looking at uh, what works with our rules, uh, why, what the justification for all those rules are, and how we can make them a little bit better, and you know, just make student government run effectively to kind of facilitate the rest of all the cool stuff happening in student government. So I suppose with, you know, you said you work with the bylaws,
0: the Senate Rules of Order, the Constitution. What projects within rules have been
12: taking place this year? Um, I mean, uh, I think for sure the biggest project has to be the bylaw rewrite that um, Speaker Mahoney has been working on. Um, our bylaws have kind of just been a patchwork for a long time. They were written, at, you know, all at once. And then every problem that's ever come up has been fixed ad hoc in a single bill. And sometimes that kind of makes things not go together well. We have a lot of turnover in student government. Naturally, you're only here for four years, or give or take. So, um, a lot, there's just different people's different minds working, going at work. And sometimes those meanings that they come up with just don't make sense in the end. So, we're really working on uh, rewriting those so it's one cohesive thought as a document. And then we're going to start tearing that apart in the next couple of weeks in our meetings and get the whole copy before Senate once we're uh, done with that. Yeah, you
1: know, I think uh, Jaden and I can both appreciate that we were both uh, former members of the Rules Committee and uh, sometimes, you know, when you go in to fix the bylaws, you make more problems Mm -hmm. than you went in to solve. uh, And that's just the nature of trying to tend to a 44 page document. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I think, you know, with that in mind, obviously, we're talking about some things that might be pretty mundane or, or even just straight up boring to mm. most people. Very. <laughs> uh, so what would you say is your favorite part about being a part of Rules Committee and engaging with uh, the bylaws and the Constitution, those kinds of things?
12: I mean, it's got to be, I mean, the people in Rules Committee, as you say, rules is a kind of a mundane thing at times to people who have, I guess, quote, normal interests. <laughs> it, se- it seems dry and boring. And I think that's why it's so fun to have a room full of people who tend to, you know, enjoy doing that because I like to do it and not very many people do. So being able to sit down and just kind of go over all these little changes being like mundane rule changes that seem boring and we have half an hour discussion over them. It's just really fun and fulfilling to get that. Uh, get your ideas challenged on things that you wouldn't necessarily think of and get your perspective changed in that way. Uh, You know, we just debated a constitutional amendment that I proposed in our most recent meeting. And even though uh, it pretty much stayed in the form that I had written it originally, getting everyone's perspective was just really, you know, it feels good to hear what you're trying to propose, discussed and thought about in a way that most people wouldn't necessarily think about them. So I think real quick, why is it so important
0: to have this coherent, breathing document? Um, you know, why do you have half an hour conversations about little mundane things you've been talking about? What's the importance of having
12: this document work? Well, I mean, every process in student government, more or less, is touched by one of our governing documents. So, if you don't think about at least, at least consider most of the implications of all the language in any bill or any you know, piece of legislation, you're risking, as Jacob said, causing a lot more problems than uh, things you're actually fixing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, once you really look at things, you can come to a better place, but you really, you have to give that care and attention. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a bad situation that (laughs) by rule, you're not supposed to, you know, you have to follow and that's not fun. Yeah. And I,
1: I, I think, uh, just kind of touching on that for a little bit there is that uh there's so many different ways to see all the different rules that we have and how they might impact our organization i i was on rules committee for two years Mm -hmm. and both years we we rewrote chapter four Mm -hmm. (laughs) both times we did what we considered a big rewrite and we're and the first time we did we thought it's fixed. It's good forever. And the next next year, a new crop of people came into the committee and they're like, man, this chapter sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Um, and so just, I, I think it's really fun to see those uh, varying perspectives and just different ways of interpreting uh, the rules that govern us. Um, but uh, Andrew, obviously, uh, Rules Committee is a committee that's comprised entirely of senators. Um, so it's not something that we have at-large seats on, so it's not really Uh, one that engages a lot with uh, the public. But um, how would, you know, considering being a senator is the only way to get onto the committee, um, can you talk a little bit about the current election cycle that we're going through and how students might engage in the Senate elections that, you know, install the people who will have a say over these rules?
12: Sure thing. So um, elections are run by the Election Commission. That's uh, technically a separate body from any other part of, student government, they uh, re- administer the election rules that are promulgated in our governing documents. Uh, and so right now, the current general election cycle is underway. Executive campaigns are already in their campaign collecting petitions, but Sen- senators still have uh, time to get their statements of intent in. It's f- February 17th at 5 p.m. is the deadline. So in order to uh, run for Senate, what you have to do is turn in a statement of intent, which you can get from the election commission uh turn that in by february 17th uh attend an informational session and then uh you gotta get get votes on the ballot so campaign however you can reach out to student organizations i don't know if they're still doing this but last year election commission did hosted specific events for candidate outreach so you know stuff to get yourself known to the public so that you know when it comes time to vote students will vote for you and i think it's very important to point out um that any
0: student at iowa state can vote in these elections mm-hmm. whether you're a professional a master's student graduate or an undergraduate mm-hmm. everyone all 30,000 of us have the
12: ability to vote um but
0: how how would a student go about voting in these elections
12: uh so uh, usually how it goes it's uh, march 7th and 8th is going to be when the voting is and uh you'll you should get an email in your inbox uh, in your iowa state inbox that uh, just has a link to a form to vote an electronic form to vote. And then that'll list you through the questions it'll ask you. First, it'll have you vote for the executive slate, because those are going to be voted on by everyone in every college and every residence area. But then after that, you'll have two votes for senators. You'll have one for your college. So if you're in, you know, say liberal arts and sciences, like I am, you'll vote for the slate of liberal arts and science senators. There are three seats, I believe. So you'll be picking However many people run for three seats and you'll have three votes there and then you'll have uh, a vote for wherever you live. So you live in residence hall you live off campus those each have seats apportioned to them as well and you'll vote for uh, whoever is running for that Uh, and then you'll just click submit and that'll be sent off and that's that and your votes cast. So be on
0: the lookout for those two mass emails that will be in your Iowa State email inbox both days of voting, um, and so don't delete those. Click on them. It takes probably 30 seconds to vote, um, and it it makes a lot of influence for this campus because those people that you're voting for um, will be the student representatives to all the administrators and um, even to the state and federal government of Iowa State, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's a big deal.
1: Yep, and they will also spend your student fee dollars, so... Uh, if you care about how uh, your student fee dollars are spent, it's really important to vote in those elections. But uh, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on, talking about Rules Committee and uh, all the stuff that it works on. And then also, you know, in this last little bit, talk about how we get involved with Senate.
12: Yeah, swag. <laughs>
0: with us now is a freshman in business economics with a minor in political science, our acting chair of the Student Government Local Affairs Committee, Quinn Margaret. Quinn, how are you? I'm doing well.
5: I appreciate that. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, i got to be honest with you. But today, I had a little bit of a big, big exam, but I'm through that now, so it's a pretty relaxed night, and I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys?
0: I'm doing great. I'm glad you could join us as that first-time <laughs> caller. How does it feel to be on the podcast? It feels cool. I really, this is a cool studio when you're in person, I feel like. It's a different experience to watch
5: it versus being here and be talking with you both, so I very much appreciate the opportunity.
1: Well, we're really excited to have you on, and we're really excited to talk about the Local Affairs Committee. Um, The uh, Local Affairs Committee is actually a newer committee in student government. It was kind of constituted out of the uh, old Civic Engagement Committee that we used to have. So could you talk to us a little bit about what it is and the role that it plays in student government?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, yeah, it was the Civic Engagement Committee up until pretty recently. It's a few years old. And it's sort of been more of an internally focused committee right now, at least, in the fact that we've been uh, interacting with the city council and doing a lot of things that are important to students in that way. But I'm really excited to sort of, now that we have that framework in place, move it in a way where we can also do outreach with students. Because that's something I'm really excited for as well, is a lot of students don't know about the work that we do and maybe why that work is so important.
0: So I suppose what kind of outreach are you looking at um, with students in the future? Yes, that's a great question. And we're sort of in that
5: perfect phase right now where we're figuring out what we want to do in the future. So maybe it means better digital outreach. Maybe it means uh, more voter outreach because a big thing that we do as part of the formerly civic engagement committee is we do voter outreach with students. So we're trying to make students aware of the voting rights that they have and aware of the candidates that they're voting for because those things are oftentimes obstacles that prevent students from voting. And we really want students to do that early in their college career because that really gets you in the habit of doing it for years. So that that's a big sort of outreach that we're hoping to do. Um, And also just advertising a lot of the other things that we do that a lot of people don't know about. Like we have, I'm looking at my list in front of me, we have uh, students from student government on a lot of different local commissions. So we have uh, ASSET, which is where we uh, talk about social services and we contribute to those in our community. We have uh, the campus uh, and community commission. We have human relations, public art, things like that, the climate action plan. So there's a lot of ways that students can get involved whether you're already part of student government or not that people aren't really aware of.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, Quinn, I think I can hear a little bit of uh, passion (laughs) leading through there for, uh, you know, local affairs issues, um, and I think that's great. Uh, What would you say is kind of the thing that draws you most to the local affairs committee?
5: So that's a really good question. I was originally drawn to the committee because I wasn't involved in student government, but I've lived in Ames pretty much my entire life since I was around two years old, so I'm really familiar with where we are. And the fact that we live in such a great place is part of why I chose to attend Iowa State over other universities. So that was uh, my first step in student government is I was an at-large on this committee before I was a senator. And it's really something tangible that we do in the community because student needs extend way beyond what's geographically our campus. We have, you know, through, I mentioned asset, which is uh, social services. And I just came back from a meeting like half an hour ago from that. Uh, but it's where we fund things like assault care, child care, uh, DEI things. We do um, legal services and things like that. Needs that students have that maybe aren't on campus or maybe are beyond the bounds of the academic year. And so when I started hearing about all these things, it's, there's so many different ways you can be involved, and we have a real impact. I think it's one of the committees that has the most tangible impact, and that's sort of why I've stuck with it and why I'm really excited for the future.
0: So if students have that same kind of passion of all the work that you just described, how might someone get involved with the local affairs committee? A great way to get involved is what I did, right? So I knew
5: nothing about student government. I was just asking around saying, hey, what is this? Who do I talk to? And I found out you can be an at-large. And I'm sure you've talked about this in other committees on the program so far. Uh, but being an at-large is without the same time commitment as being a senator. You can come to the meetings. You can contribute. You can be part of one of these uh, city commissions if you want to be. And you can help contribute to this cool new direction that we're taking the committee without the same time commitment as being a senator. Because being a senator, I definitely recommend it. And you should run for something this upcoming election. But it is a fair amount of time. So if you're just kind of looking to you know, get your feet wet a little bit but maybe not commit yet, you can be an at-large. And it's a great way to get involved.
0: Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Quinn, for talking about this. Our acting chair of the Local Affairs Committee, I know under your leadership is going to be going in some good new directions for outreach for students within the Ames community, and I'm very excited to see where you take that. So thank you so much for being Thanks on the for pod. coming on. I very much appreciate that. And please reach out and join the committee. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks.
1: Okay. Well, those were a lot of awesome conversations that we just had with representatives from the several committees throughout student government. A real uh, 30,000-foot view of our organization as a whole. It really felt like we
0: touched on just about everything that we do. I think it's... A really good conversation to have, though, because student government does so many things, I even forget about some of the projects that everyone is working on. I mean, when we have a full roster, student government has about 136 members total. And that's a lot of people doing a lot of different things to help improve student life here at Iowa State. And so I think having this cross-section of all the different committees and different ways that students could get involved to help make a change here at Iowa State is a needed conversation to let people know how they can do that.
1: Yeah, and I think especially with elections coming up, um, it's really important to understand all the different work that student government does across campus and the impact that we have uh, from you know just uh, fun events like the pumpkin smashing event, or uh, really important conversations around how we spend student fee dollars. Um, you know, which clubs is getting or which clubs are getting money from us and which aren't and for what. Um, Those are really important conversations um, and they happen here. And this is where the decisions are made. And, you know, whether we're going to fund trash compactors as we're looking to do, or, uh, you know, if we're going to put on a town hall and provide some food, or if we're going to advocate for a policy to the university or advocate for more accessibility, those conversations start here. And uh, yeah, I was just really excited to hear all the different things that are going on because, you know, obviously, you know, I'm the president, you're the vice president. We're we're doing a lot of different things, but I feel like even us, we miss things that are going on in this organization. I think like two or three of the projects that Meredith was sharing, I had no idea were going on.
0: No, for sure. And so if you are a student that any of these topics that we talked about piqued your interest, Feel free to reach out to any of those uh, committee chairs via the student government website, any of the contact information they provided you, or even just stugov at iestate.edu. We can hook you up with the correct people so you can get involved with the change that's happening here at Iowa State that is run by student government. We touch a lot of different aspects of student life, um, so there's something for everyone.
1: Yeah. But anyways, thank you to everyone for listening uh, to this episode and all the different reports from the different committees. Um, This has been Jacob
0: and Jaden, and that was The The State State of of Things. things. Thank you for listening to another great episode of The State of Things, an ISU student government podcast original. This episode was hosted by Jacob Ludwig and Jaden Ulrich. Produced by Madeline Willits, our executive producer, Sundar Shivraj, our production manager, and Ethan Matthews, our technical director. With special thanks to the staff and facilities of the Student Innovation Center Digital Media Suite. We are always looking to promote student organizations and campus events. So if you have an organization or event that you would like us to promote, please email us at stateofthings at iastate.edu. The Iowa State University student government
1: was created in 1958 to provide service to, advocacy for, and empowerment of students at Iowa State. To get involved or share your ideas for change, please email stugov at iastate.edu. That's stugov at iastate.edu. Thank you, and roll clones.